Children of God, thank you for tuning back in to part two of A Form of Godliness. It's bad to be hoodwinked without knowing that you're being hoodwinked. Hoodwink means you've been, someone has gotten over on you. You've been pulled into something because you didn't take time to try the spirit by the spirit. It's bad jumping on the same train with everyone else without knowing why you're on that train or where that train is taking you. When you do that, you know you've been hoodwinked. Well, that's where we are today as children of God. We jump on and off of trains without even knowing why. We're on the train, but we don't know why we're on the train. We don't even know what devil even made us hop aboard that particular train. We just heard about it. We heard that people were getting on that train. And we were just following the crowd. If the crowd is doing it, well, me too. I don't necessarily like it because I don't really necessarily know where the train is going to take me. But if all the church people are doing it, it must be all right. So wait up. Save me a seat on that train because I want to go where you all are going. If I miss this, if I miss it at this station, don't worry, I'll catch it at the next stop. You'll recognize me when you get there. I'll be that person grinning and waving my Bible, looking both confused and happy. Because I want to be on that train with you. I didn't take the time to find out who was on the train, why they were on that train, and where the train is going. I didn't take the time to pray and ask God, should I even be on that train? I just got caught up in my emotions because I saw all the church people on the train. I saw that the train was full. So it must be a good thing. I'm going to give you an example of a train that you hopped on that God didn't sanction. A train that you hopped on where God did not stamp your ticket. God hears you boldly proclaim to anybody that will listen whenever you're in a prayer conversation. Because you say the same thing all the time. I don't just let anybody pray for me. Not just anybody can put their hands on me and pray over me. Let me tell you how your conversation goes most of the time. It goes like this. Listen, Pastor. Just want you to know now, just so that you know. I don't just let everybody pray over me because of spirits. You know what I mean. Spirits transfer, and I'm not trying to have stuff on me. So I don't want you to feel bad when I turn certain people away when they pray for me because I'm not trying to have all those spirits all over me. And you even have the audacity 
the unmitigated goal, children of God, to stand back during the altar call when certain people come up to pray for you. No shame in your game. You have no shame in telling the altar worker, thank you, but I'm waiting on this particular prophet or I'm waiting on that particular evangelist to pray for me. I'm sorry, but I just can't do it. You have no shame and you have no conviction to do that to an altar worker because you don't want spirits and all that stuff to transfer to you. You protest emphatically. You protest with a passion. When the pastor comes to you and say to you, why did you do it? You say, pastor, I just, I told you, I'm for real, pastor. I'm real particular about who put their hands on me because I don't know how they're living. That's what you say. With a passion, you say that. And this is every Sunday. This is every prayer service. Well, guess what? As quiet as it's kept, you don't know how the pastor's living, but you let him pray all all over you. You don't know how the prophet is living, the same prophet that you stood back and waited for. Do you know how they're living? You don't know how the charismatic preacher is living, do you? But yet you waited on that particular preacher. You waited on that particular evangelist. You waited on a particular prophet. You waited for the pastor. You stood back. You pulled your own self out of the line because I wanted to wait for them. Because with the other prayer, the other uh, altar worker, I don't know how they are living. You didn't pray about that. You didn't pray about how they were living. But you also don't pray about how the pastor's living. You also didn't seek the Lord about how the prophet is living. You also didn't pray about how the preacher is living, how the evangelist is living. But you also haven't prayed about how you are living. Because if you were praying about how you are living, you wouldn't even have to be in the prayer line. Now. But I have a a, a bigger question for you. I have a bigger question. And how do you explain to a holy God how you can rise up early every morning to get on the 5 a.m. prayer line and bury your soul All your hurts, all your financial problems, all your sickness and disease, how bad your personal relationship is, discuss all of your personal business with people from all over the land and country, strangers, and let them pray over you and speak into your life 
and the lives of your family members. When you, when you, yes you, without fail, protest loudly to your local pastor, to your local church, that you don't let just anybody pray over you and speak over your life. Listen to me. Now I need you to listen. I need you to hear me real clearly. And I'm going to speak slowly so you can understand. You said, I don't just let anybody pray over me because I don't know how they're living. And yet, at 5 o'clock every morning, you let random strangers who you don't know, who you have not tried by the Spirit, pray and prophesy over you early in the morning. You let them freely. You don't know these people. You don't know these people. Some of them you may know, most of them you don't know. As people are jumping on the line from this state and this state and this state and this country, you don't know these people. The Bible says this. The Bible says to know those that labor among you. In fact, the Bible takes it a whole step further and says, I beseech you, means I'm begging you, please, Know those that labor among you. Listen, you don't know these people. So why are you trusting them like that? Why are you trusting them with your financial business? Why are you trusting them with your children's business? Why are you talking about your marital issues with them? You don't know them. But yet, you can't trust people that you see four days out of the week. You're with these people. You have cookouts with these people. You've gone to funerals with these people. You know these people. You may not know all the ins and outs about them, but you see them. You're with them. And you won't even let them pray over you. But yet you can trust people that you don't even know, a random stranger? How do you you explain that to God? How do you explain that to a holy God? What do you do with God's word that says, Beloved. And and I love it how he says, I love you. You, You're my children. You're my daughter. You're my son. And I love you enough to to warn you. He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, plural, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. What do you do about that scripture? Why are you not applying that scripture to your life? woman of God, man of God that says I don't just trust anybody to lay hands on me because I don't know how they're living. Well you don't know how these people are living. You have one person coming up to you at the altar. One that you know. You got one. There's just one. 
It's not two or three people on you trying to pray for you. You got one person coming to you at the altar. Now, you need to really hear me today. You got one person coming to you at the altar. But on that prayer line, you have many spirits that you don't know. Never laid eyes on them. In your early morning ears, they are praying hard and fast. And you believe every word. From the mouth of a stranger. You hang your hat on every word that comes out of the mouth of a stranger. But the one person that prays for you on Sunday morning that can look you in your face and you can look them eyeball to eyeball, you says, I don't know how they're living. Well, come on, child of God. You don't know how these people are living. But yet you jumped on that train anyhow. Does that line up with the word? Are you all right with the fact that it does not line up with the word? Are you all right with the fact that he said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Are you okay with the fact that they said and that settles it? Are you all right with the fact that you didn't even try the spirit? You didn't even pray and say, Lord, should I even be on this prayer line? You jumped on that train because everybody else is on that kind of train. They either praying at 5 o'clock in the morning or praying at 7 o'clock in the morning. You too said, I want me a prayer line. And you jumped on that train. Let me ask you some things. I'm going to give you a list of questions for you to ponder. I'm going to give you time to get um, some paper and get a pencil. Give God some praise while you're doing it. While you're walking and looking, lift your hands up and give God some praise. These are questions for you to ponder. How do you know that the person that they're in the bed with is their own spouse? We're talking 5 o'clock in the morning now. Prayer Prayer people. How do you know that the person that they're in the bed with is their own spouse? They land up in the bed, just woke up. Is that their spouse? How do you know that? You don't. How do you know that the person that just prophesied over you is even legally married to the person that they're laying up in the bed with at 5 o'clock in the morning? Do you know? Have you given any thought to that? Are they, while they are praying for you, are they still cuddled together while they're praying for and with you? Do you know what their posture is? What is their state of mind while they're on the prayer line with you, praying with great swelling words? Are they reading their prayer? Are they praying for you from a devotion book? Are they eating and praying at the same time? Beloved, precious children of God, I'm going to repeat it. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, spirits, plural, whether they be of God, whether all those different spirits be of God. You don't know them, 
but the Holy Spirit will do his job and reveal to you who they are if you will let him. If you had not been so quick to hop on that train, a train where God didn't stamp your ticket. More importantly, the Holy Spirit will let you know whether or not you should even be on that prayer line. And and I have a, a, a big question for you. How are you able to get up to be on the prayer line at 5 a.m., but you are late every day for work? Think about that. Sleepyhead, you can't get up to go to work, but you can faithfully get up to be on the 5 a.m. prayer line and speak in divers' tongues at 5 o'clock in the morning. But God can't shake you and wake you at 2 o'clock to talk to you. Sleepyhead. Is God all right with that? Is the Lord all right with the fact that you can get up and pray, pray with all prayer at five o'clock, but yet call out sick because you're too sleepy to go to work? I'm going to say it again to you. Is it all right with the Lord? Is he pleased? Is heaven rejoicing when you get up and pray with all prayer at five o'clock in the morning and then when the prayer is over you pick up your phone and call out sick basically you tell a lie because you are too sleepy now to go to work how does that match up How does a holy God feel about that? So what have you done that's so great and wonderful? I got up and I prayed at 5 o'clock. I got up at 5 o'clock and I was prayed over and I was prayed with. So now my body's tired. I'm sleeping. I don't feel like getting dressed for work. So I'm going to allow my mouth to lie and tell my boss I'm taking a sick day today. After you just finished praying, after you just finished speaking in divers' tongues, after you prayed the house down, how are you all right with that? What benefit did you get by getting up at 5 o'clock being on the prayer line? Or did you just want to be on that train? Because everybody else is on that train. All the church people are on that train. Everybody that I know that's churched have a prayer line. Now, I have another question for you. Do these people even know you? Think about that. Do they, do they know you? What do they know about you? Do they know what kind of spirit you have? Do they know what kind of mood you're actually in while you're praying? All they did, they just heard you waxed philosophical 
and pray really, really, really loud in many tongues. And all of a sudden, they they heard that, and they just suddenly declared that the Holy Spirit wants you to come and preach at their church. What do they know about you? Why are we doing this? Why are we on that train? What has happened to us? Do they know that your local pastor won't even let you pray at, at his church or her church? Because you refuse to pray without preaching your prayer. What do they know about you? Do they know that the past has already set you down because of your disobedience? Because you have a rebellious spirit. Do they know that about you? Do they know that you don't attend Bible study? You don't attend prayer meeting? You don't attend minister's classes? And you're hardly there for church services? Do they know that about you? No, they don't. Do they know that you are a rebel without a cause, running from church to church? Do they know that? Do they know that you use the prayer line for your church? That's your church. Do they know that the prayer line is your ministry? Last question for you. Do they know that the person in your bed praying along with them is married to someone else. Come on, children of God. What are you doing? Where is the accountability? Come on now. Come on. We have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's why I entitled this particular episode as a form of godliness. We act like we're godly. We are great pretenders. We are hypocrites. How did we get so far off course? How did we do that? We've allowed the world to pull us off that narrow road. Pull us over onto the wide path where anything goes because everybody's doing their thing. That's the path where everybody's doing their thing. That's the path where nobody can tell them what they can and cannot do. That's the path where they don't have to be under anybody's authority, not subjected to anybody. I do not have to be accountable on this path right here. If I want to go to church, I go. If I don't, I don't. I can get me a prayer line and put my name to it and call it my ministry. Come on now. Because when I was on that narrow road... I had to be obedient. I had to be accountable to someone. I had to obey those that had to rule over me. It wasn't a lot of people on that narrow road. The wide path was full of people. Full of people adding and taking from the word. Using their imagination to make the word fit their lifestyle. And that's the road I found myself on. I got, I hopped on that train. Even though I missed it the first time. I loudly proclaimed, I'll meet you at the next station. At the next stop, I'll be there. Wait for me. Children of God. 
children of God, stop today. Get back on the narrow path. That's the path that leads to heaven. No. No. It's not a popular path. And it is the path that leads to travel. Not a whole lot of people on, on the narrow path. But if you want to see the master, you better hop back on that narrow path. Get off of the wide road. If you want to see the master, if you want to hear him say, good and faithful servant, you need to repent today and go and sin no more. Listen, I didn't give you scripture. I didn't give you a lot of scripture here. This is not Bible study. You already did Bible study. And it didn't help you. You didn't do what you, you didn't do what you learned in Bible study. So God has sent the storyteller. That's me. I am the storyteller. And I'm here just to simply tell you, examine yourself. Judge your own self. Look at your own self in your own mirror and discern the person that's staring back at you. Look at look get in that mirror. Go get in that mirror right now and look at it and see who that person is. What do they look like? Who's looking back at me? Where am I on my journey? Where am I on my path? Examine yourself. Judge your own self. The Lord is saying, you're doing a whole lot of stuff. And none of it have I ordained. Did I tell you to get on the prayer line? Did I tell you to bury your soul to a rank stranger? Did I tell you to do that just because everybody else is doing it? Did I tell you to make that your ministry? I told you not to forsake the assembly, but you don't go to anybody's church. Your church is now the prayer line. With your name on it. It's high time. For you to get back quickly. To your first love. Behold. I come. Quickly. Give God some praise right here. Give God some praise. And tell God. I'm sorry. Stop following the crowd. Just because it looks good. Just because it sounds good. I am the storyteller.